wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships, join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. If you're like me, I spent so much of my pregnancy thinking about birthing the baby that I really didn't think about how the way you give birth impacts the good bacteria you provide to start off your baby's immune system. Have you even heard of the microbiome? When I was pregnant, I didn't. And why it's so important? Well, my guest today has important information to you to consider about birth and the microbiome. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. I met Tony Harmon in 2010 at a Midwifery Today conference and have been following her ever since. She's a filmmaker, an author, a course creator, and a champion of the microbiome. Tony has produced and directed a number of internationally distributed documentary films including Microbirth, all about the origins of the human micro microbiome, which I would encourage every listener to see, Freedom for Birth, about the struggles for women's rights in childbirth, Doula, about the work of birth and postnatal doulas. Are you seeing how much, like, I love her work, how it overlaps? And Tony's extensive research for microbirth led her to co-authoring the books, The Microbirth Effect and Your Baby's Microbiome. Tony is hosting two-day international conference coming up really soon, the 29th and 30th of April. And she's going to be providing a very special code for all of our Orgasmic Birth Podcast listeners. So please listen to the end or also be sure that you look below in the show notes to see all her special codes and links so you can follow Tony too. I am so honored today to welcome you, Tony, to have you share about birth and the microbiome. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Deborah. Honestly, I, I am, I've got a girl crush on you. I just think you are such an awesome person and everything you do, your influence and your world, I think just inspirational. It's fantastic. So thank you so much for having me as a guest. I really appreciate it because I know your information, like I remember hearing it for the first time and I just lit up. I was like, what? I really didn't know this. And I thought, you know, I had been in the birth world a long time. So you've really changed my world. And I know for listeners, they're all like, wait a second, but I have to ask you to step back. How did you get started? What brought you in to the many ways you're contributing? to bring knowledge and wisdom about childbirth around the world? Great question, because if you'd asked me that question 15 years ago, I was on a completely different track. So we had just made, um, so I'm a professional filmmaker. So uh, in my previous life, I was making documentaries and films and we just made a, our first feature film and it's a psychological horror and we sold it to Hollywood. And uh, so when I say we, it's myself and my partner, Alex, and we've been together 30 years and we make film to films together. So we just made our first horror film and we sold it to Hollywood and 
It was like, yes, right, okay, next feature film. And and then I discovered I was pregnant, which is fantastic, wonderful, amazing, but it took me off in a different direction. And so as filmmakers, and you're a filmmaker, you know this, as a podcast creator, it's all about preparation. Preparation is everything. So when I was pregnant, I took this whole attitude of being the most, I wanted to be the most prepared I could possibly be for my pregnancy. So I took two separate childbirth education classes and I took a separate, even though both those classes covered breastfeeding, I took a separate breastfeeding class. So I took three classes to like really fully prepare myself. And uh, I had a really simple birth plan. I just wanted to have a home birth, if, if at all if possible. I want, really wanted to have a vaginal birth at home, ideally, and I wanted to exclusively breastfeed. That was it, right? So there's, there was no kind of big plan or anything else. I just wanted to have a, a vaginal birth and to breastfeed. But as sometimes happens, and, and this, this is what has led me to being here right now. So I ended up being, having C-section and that's, you know, I know that's very, very common and it happens all around the world. And my baby was presented to me about 40 minutes after the birth when I was in the recovery room and the baby was wrapped up really, really tight, burrito style in a white towel. And there was no support, so no support for skin to skin, absolutely no support for breastfeeding. And within an hour of my baby being born, someone came in the room and said, your baby needs to, uh, needs to feed. Here's a cup of formula. And that was the first get first within an hour of my baby being born. I was giving my baby a cup of formula because I was told to. And uh, this is me being, I thought the most prepared I could possibly be. And, and moment I felt the most disempowered and the most just felt as though kind of everything that I wanted had been taken away from me and that key decisions about my birth were were not made with me were made outside the room and I wasn't involved in that discussion so that's the kind of starting point so after after the birth Alex and I had kind of kind of left with all these questions what happened what led us to that point had I known then what I know now, I would have had a doula. I think doulas, I think doulas are the answer. They can save the world. Because um, had I had a doula, then I would have had support for skin to skin. I would have had support for breastfeeding. If I'd known then what I know now, I would have actually set up support from lactation consultant. If I was going to have a C-section, then I, this idea of setting up support for establishing, initiating breastfeeding. So yes, yeah, so, so we were left with all these questions. And so as filmmakers, we were just like, okay, let's just make a film about it. So, um, we, I started off, I, we actually made a film before those others, a kind of film about parents' experience. And, and then premiere to that, a doula came up to me and said, hi, I'm a doula and I think you should make a film about doulas. And I was like, I don't even know what a doula is. This was that then. I had no idea. And, uh, she says, okay, well, um, Okay, if you want to make a film, I, I will. I will bring you into the doula world. So, I made a film all about doulas called Doula with an exclamation exclamation mark because completely being at my first birth changed everything. Where it was a beautiful home birth, delicious birth, and it was just supported by a doula, and it was it was just so peaceful and beautiful and nice and calm. And I saw with my own eyes just how birth could. Be. So after making the film Duna, we, the premiere of that actually, 
someone else came up to me and said, oh, if you really want to know what's going on about birth, you should go to the Midwifery Today conference. And that's where I met you. And and uh, so I met you, I met Irene Gaskin, Michelle Adorn, and all these other kind of brilliant people, Elizabeth Davis, who opened my eyes to the whole world of what's really going on with, with birth today. And, you know, this is the whole thing. So I thought I was prepared. And then I realized, actually, why I had no idea about the physiology of birth and, and how it all works together. And, okay, so the, from then, we made, we started getting into the politics of birth. I made a film, Freedom for Birth, about the politics and the human rights of, of every parent to choose where and how with whom they give birth, which I believe to my core is everybody's human right. And that kind of, we, we had a thousand premieres in 50 countries and 17 languages. It was fantastic. We had all on one day, had all these people and we sent out media packs to all the people holding screenings. So we made worldwide headlines in one day and everything else. We had people marching in the streets and different outside different cinemas all around the world. We had, I was kind of doing all these newscasts with all these broadcasters talking about rights of women. And uh, it all kind of kicked off and it was all a bit mad. And so I thought, right, okay, let's take a step back and let's look at the science of birth. And that's when we discovered the whole, the whole world of the microbiome. So you are very much part of my journey as the kind of the stepping stones of my journey. And that's why I'm so excited to be here and talking to you now. And so wonderful to hear how it all came together, right? It always starts with the personal, becomes passionate and political, right? But, oh, and, and what you did to, I remember seeing your film, Freedom for Birth, for the first time in the marches. And truly for anyone that was there, this was a monumental time for us to really be talking about human rights in childbirth and that women have rights, right? Partners have rights. Parents have rights. So, so important. And then you got to kind of the microbiome. And that was a word like I hadn't heard. I'm sure some of our listeners are going like, what? A micro what? Can you explain the microbiome and how you became passionate? Why does that play such an important role for us in our lives? I'd see it, it's amazing, right? This whole world, this, this whole world, and it's an invisible world. The reason why we didn't know about it, as in, well, in fact, scientists have known about it for 100 years. So since the beginning of the 20th century. Yeah. So they've known about it, but because it's invisible and you can't see it, people don't know about it as in the, within the, or they're starting to hear now about health, but they're not making the connection with what happens at birth. Okay. So very, very simply, I'll try not, not to make this a science lesson. Okay. So I'm looking at you, Deborah. You're looking at me and we are humans. Great. And I, as humans, we have trillions of human cells. So far, so good. But also we have trillions of microorganisms. So we have Living on and in our body, we have bacteria, fungi, viruses, protists, and archaea. So these tiny microscopic organisms living on and in us. And so some, very, very few, are pathogenic, are bad bacteria, but most are either harmless or really beneficial to human health. So they, so bacteria are in our gut, they help with digestion, they help with metabolism. There's a gut-brain connection, scientists believe, that what happens in your gut impacts how your brain works and your, your feelings potentially might be influenced by your, by your gut. And there's, it's really important for your immune system too and, and for anti-infection. So it's amazing. These bacteria that live on in it. So it's fantastic. Okay. But 
the, and this is where microbirth is about and what I feel really passionate about. It's, it's almost like a, I don't know, like a lightning bolt kind of connects with me and it's like, okay, so I'm trying to keep this not as a science lesson, but hopefully interesting, right? So during pregnancy, a baby develops inside their mother's womb and it's mostly protected from the world outside by the amniotic sac. And so you're like protected in this little world inside. So the baby's all protected. And then as soon as the, the mum goes into labour, so usually at the start of or during labours, labour, the, the waters break. So the amniotic membranes um, split and the, the, the waters break. And then suddenly, because there's an, the baby's no longer protected by this beautiful amniotic sac, and bacteria can reach the baby. And the mother's vaginal and gut microbiome has changed over, pre- over pregnancy in preparation for this exact moment. So as the baby comes out through the birth canal, the baby starts getting mother's vaginal microbes. And as the baby comes out, hopefully the baby will get a good lick of the mum's bum because that's exposure to the mum's gut microbes. You really want the baby to expo- be exposed to mum's poo. That is brilliant because that exposure to the mum's gut microbes. So, so imagine, and then the baby's put on the mum's chest and the baby's, baby's like licking and sucking and nuzzling and all the time sucking up the mum's skin microbes. So those microbes are the founding microbes for that baby's microbiome. But this is the amazing bit, right? So within breast milk, the third biggest component of breast milk are these special sugars called human milk oligosaccharides. Say it with me. Human milk oligosaccharides. <laughs> so H I Human milk oligosaccharides. Yes. So these are special sugars in breast milk, which feed those bacteria which have just arrived in the baby's gut. And this ensures that the right beneficial microbes transferred from mum to the baby during the birth process, that's the food for those microbes, which helps those microbes and those bacteria to colonize the infant gut really quickly with the right kind of of microbes, because the right type, type of beneficial microbes, they're the ones that optimally train the baby's immune system. So the baby's immune system is naive when the baby's born, has to learn what's friend and what's foe. What's friend to be tolerated? What's foe to be attacked? And it's those beneficial bacteria that come from mum during the birth process that included their good lick of the mum's bum, the good lick of the mum's poo, which are fed by the sugars in breast milk, which help colonize the infant gut. They're the right ones to optimally train the infant immune system, which helps protect the baby for life. Hopefully that wasn't too boring a science lesson. No. That was phenomenal and just such a good overview, I'm sure, for everyone listening, right? Are you just going, wow, and I love how you say lick the bum and touch that poo? Because so many people, I get clients all the time that are like, I don't want to poo in birth, like I want to do an enema. So what would you say to them? Oh, I just feel I just feel really sad. I mean, so so that we have been, so women have been designed, as it were, for the baby to come out and for birth to be messy, right? There's a reason why the, there's poo there. And as the baby comes out, then poo comes out. I've been at births, I've filmed births, and it is just, it's messy. And that is brilliant because that is the baby's exposure to those gut microbes. And so those, those 
And I know it's a really common fear. I think just humanity of just particularly in the Western world, it's got this fear of, of dirtiness or messiness. They want birth to be clean. And actually birth isn't clean. I've been to these births. You've been to births where it's just a smorgasbord of vaginal juices. You've got poo going on. You've got everything, the muckiness of birth. And that's what needs to be celebrated. So yes, I, I'm all for informed choice. So if a mum is kind of terrified of, of pooing, then whatever works for her. But I mean, in terms of the, the microbiome and the optimal seeding and feeding of the microbiome, you want a messy birth. You want muck, mess. I love that. We have to celebrate the mess and the muck more, right? Make it normal and celebrated. And you are doing that. Now, does the type of birth you have make a difference with the microbiome? Okay. So like vaginal cesarean. Yeah. So if you imagine the, the vaginal birth, as I described, so the scientists are thinking that the vaginal microbes play some sort of role. They don't know quite, you know, so to establishing, but it's the gut microbes that make the biggest difference. So it might be the vaginal bi- microbes precede or set the conditions for the, the gut microbes, for the mum's gut microbes to arrive. Okay. So. So if you're, if you're born by vaginally, it's going to be mucky, it's going to be messy, and the baby's going to get vaginal and gut microbes from the mum or the birthing parent. Okay, but with C-section, the baby comes out through the abdomen, through the sunroof. So the baby is not likely to come into, into contact with, may, if the waters are broken and it's an emergency C-section, the baby might come into contact with some of the vaginal microbes but are likely not to come into contact with the, the gut micro, the mum's gut microbes, with her poo, because it's, it's coming out a different way. So a, ba- a baby born by C-section is likely to have a microbiome colonized by, not by the vagina or by the mum's gut, but by the air in the operating theatre. So it will still be seeded, but it'll be from, there's a connection with the the skin. So skin comes off the people in the operating theatre and microbes associated with the skin then colonise the, the baby's guts. That's the first influence for the baby. I mean, so there's things you can do. So, th- so that's, so the babies born by C-section have an altered gut microbiome compared to babies born vaginally. It's just slightly different at birth. And those differences can persist, up, persist for up to four years. Okay. But there's things you can do to restore it. So if you have a C-section, this is what I wish I knew. I wish I knew. But anyway, it puts fire in my belly now. So I'm grateful that it puts fire in my belly. But I wish I knew this. That if mums have, if mums are able to be supported with skin to skin during C-section, so during within five minutes of the baby's being born, having skin to skin, immediate skin to skin, right there in the operating theatre. And then if mums are able to initiate breastfeeding or get, if they've expressed colostrum before the birth, if the baby is able to have exclusive breast milk whenever possible, that helps restore the baby's microbiome to be more similar to vaginal birth babies. So it's not just, uh, I mean, I know that not all mums are able to breastfeed or don't have the support. And I know this is a really sensitive matter, but if babies are able to have exclusive breast milk, ideally the mum's own breast milk, or if that's not possible, then to have donor milk, if that's possible. And, and then you get to the kind of choices of, of infant formula. So it's like your mum's, mum's own milk, whether that's 
ideal, well, ideally by breastfeeding or expressed milk, then it's donor milk and then it's infant formula. There's things you can do. So it's not all lost. And I wish I knew. Yeah. And thank you. It's out of your kind of your birth that you've learned so much and now are helping so many, right? And this is good to know because we never know what birth will ask for someone. So for everyone listening, you know, as you're putting together your birth preferences to be able to have these things and articulate them with your caregivers, should birth take another path? I love how you call it the sunroof. That was beautiful too. So what other things could parents do to prepare? And for doulas and midwives that are listening, how can we better support preparation to support the microbiome in birth? Great question. Okay, so I would want a bit of a, uh, every, pers- every person should have a doula. So I think everyone should have a doula. That's, that's the best preparation you could possibly have. So get a doula, make contact with a lactation consultant or a CLC, a certified lactation counsellor, while you're pregnant and just learn some tips on how to express your milk just in the event that some people choose to have a C-section. But if you choose to have a C-section, Learn how to express your milk or the top tips for breastfeeding if you have a C-section. Okay, so that's just general. But there's, there's things you can do, I can do, to help our microbiome. So things like eating fermented foods. So fermented foods include sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, yogurts. If you're pregnant, I would go for ones which you may, be, may not want to actually start fermenting in your kitchen because you there's a risk there could be some dodgy bacteria. So I'd go for shop-bought fermented, fermented foods if you are pregnant. That would be my own choice. Okay, but for everybody else, you, me, everybody else who isn't pregnant, fermented foods, eat them. They're fantastic. High-fiber foods. So food, you know how I said about the breast milk are the food for the bacteria in the baby's gut? So foods with high-fiber they're the food, they're indigestible fibers, which are the food for the bacteria to help them in your gut to kind of keep everything kind of regular and balanced. So high fiber, but there's other things as well. So and eating a diverse range of fresh fruit and vegetables, ideally. So up to 30 different fruit and veg every day, not every day, but every week. Try to. Try a new vegetable yes. every day. Please see every week because I was like 30 in a day. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm trying for the eight. Yeah, 30 a week. So 30 different types. I mean, that's a tall ask. And I know some people aren't able to, they aren't close to supermarkets that supply that number. Just go for, and it could be tinned or it could be frozen, but try to have as much diversity diversity of fruit and vegetable in your diet as possible. There are other things. Getting a dog. Getting a dog. Really? Getting a furry pet. The, The dog just has to be a dog, right? Goes right. outside, goes in the dog in garden, digs in the garden, is covered in, in, comes back in, licks you, is like a microbial superhighway, runs around, sits on the sofa, jumps around, comes and licks you again, is basically spreading bacteria from outside all around your house. Brilliant. Cats, however, cats go outside, they come, they come in, they may not lick you, they may just go to their like bed, they may, they're just not as like zooming around place so um, if you're if you've got a cat it's quite dog-like and comes and nicks you and comes and spreads bacteria great apparently 
So hamsters aren't good for your microbiome because hamsters are stuck in a cage. <laughs> I'm not saying hamster or, you know, small like rabbit or something. If it just stays in a cage, it doesn't spread the microbes. What else could you do? Get houseplants. Houseplants are great. Go gardening. Go outside. Get, a, get out into nature as much as you can. And it's all about realizing that you are, you are more than just a human. You're a human superorganism. So you're part bacteria, part human, and you need a diversity of bacteria to keep you healthy. Fantastic tips. Thank you so much, Tony. Now, for everyone that's listening, sure, they want to know, how can they learn more? Can you talk about your upcoming conference and some of your offerings and where people can find you? Thank you for asking. Yeah, so we've, we've, I've got this bee in my bonnet. I, wish, I woke up on New Year's day and thought to myself, well, I've been reflecting over the last couple of years, I, I really thought microbirth was going to change the world. I really thought that it was, but it didn't. I think things have got worse since, since we released microbirth. So on 1st of January this year, on New, New Year's Day, my resolution was, right, this year I'm going to change the world. So I thought, right, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set up a conference. I'm going to bring these brilliant scientists. We've filmed over 150 scientists all around the world. Fantastic. We're going to bring these scientists and we're going to bring the community of childbirth educators and doulas and midwives and the birth community together and they're going to talk to each other. So the scientists are going to give these brilliant talks, the childbirth educators are going to give all these great talks and they're going to learn from each other. So that's like part one of my master plan. And then and it's all about so on April 29th and 30th and you can get, if you go to either microbirth.com or You'll, you'll find the link to the conference, or if you go to the show notes, you'll, you'll find a special link, which you get 50% and the, and the, the coupon, special coupon code. If you go to the checkout is 50%. So the work, the number 50%. It's not hard, that one. You get 50% discount or go to the show notes. Right. Okay. So that's like phase one of my master plan. And then I've got a new film coming out this year where we want to spread awareness to parents about this amazing science. And the whole idea is that we create a, I wouldn't say demand, but create a parent expectation and knowledge about the microbiome and what they can do and, and the need for support during pregnancy and birth. And then my master plan is to do another conference later this year with clinicians and policymakers and hospital managers and everything else to prepare them for the tsunami of parent demand that we've, that we've created. So we're going we're gonna to set the conditions and we're going to create this demand and then we're going to help support the, uh, the hospitals and the doctors and clinicians and midwives to prepare for this, this demand and, and make change to meet that demand. So I'm hoping by the end of this year, I'm going to have made, started the conditions. I've got, okay, I know I'm talking a bit, but I've got this theory. So imagine a swirl <laughs> that goes around. Okay. And you start with a sort of center, the centerpiece of a swirl. And you start going around and you bring in people into your swirl. So right now I'm bringing in doulas, childbirth educators, midwives, you, kind of birth, the birth community, right? I'm bringing them into my swirl. And the swirl keeps going. And then we're going to bring parents into my swirl. And then we're going to bring doctors into my swirl. And then hospital managers and policymakers and politicians and journalists. 
everyone's going to be in my swirl and everyone's going to be not my swirl. We're all going to be create this world together and we're all going to start talking about the microbiome and why vaginal birth and support for breastfeeding, support for skin to skin is so important and what options are available if you need a C-section. So we're all going to be talking about this. And with, if everybody starts talking about it, we set the conditions. This is like complexity theory. So you set the conditions where change can happen really quickly. So you set the conditions for a tipping point because everybody's talking about it. Everybody's demanding changes to the system. And once everybody's talking about it, once everybody's demanding changes in the system, then those change, changes happen very quickly. And that's why we can all change the world together. Yes. Oh my goodness. Like we have to do a happy dance. Certainly sharing your vision. And I have to say, Tony, thank you so, so much for joining us today and sharing it with every all of our listeners. But thank you for holding this really huge call to action of changing childbirth around the world because it is so needed. And the way that you're bringing everyone together and having every voice heard and helping to make this change is so powerful. So all our listeners, I hope you're cheering with us and cheering for Tony for holding this. I hope that you'll look into the show notes. Definitely follow that link, get that 50% off and join her amazing conference coming up soon. But also just follow her. And what's your social? How can people follow you on Instagram, TikTok? Where are you? Not on TikTok yet, that, but that's part of my world domination. Um, <laughs> what to reach, reach audiences that are not world domination, that's wrong. Um, but to reach audiences that are on TikTok. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Microbiome Courses and LinkedIn, Tony Harmon. But just Google Tony Harmon. So T-O-N-I-H-A-R, you'll find me. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And for everyone listening, we want to hear from you. What did you learn today? What are you going to do to take action, whether it's personally for your own birth that's coming up, for a friend you know, and for all our doulas, midwives, nurses, birth keepers, how are you going to integrate this information into your practice? So thank you again, Tony. Such a pleasure to always connect with you. And thank you to all our listeners. Please join us next time for the next episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. Please subscribe, then you won't miss an episode. Thank you. Bye. listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe. Mm-hmm.